Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Handling the unexpected. How many of you ever said, I didn't see that coming? Oh, how about this one? You've got to be kidding me. Anybody ever say that? You've got to be kidding me. Or, what's up with that? I was not expecting that. Does anybody love me? No, I'm just kidding. On 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, since we've been talking about wisdom and learning, learning about how this word is to penetrate in our hearts, and for it to be something that we are able to live out. This is the dilemma uh, of, the, of what we call the Christian faith and what we call as being followers of Jesus. The dilemma is this. It, there's the religious and the Christianese as normal, and then there's the life with Jesus. My purpose is to get you living the life with Jesus. And subtract the religion, the Christian needs. Because I guarantee you, majority of church you go to, you start becoming molded and shaped into that person that you really don't like. And that's the one that starts talking about, hallelujah, brother, how you doing? Praise the Lord, glory to God. How's your day? You know? And it, it's, it's really a facade. And on the inside, they're wishing that what they were saying was true. It sounds like Facebook, but it, uh, anyway, the, the thing is, is there's this process of, of getting to the place where you start really knowing what this is about and, and, and why it was written. Looking at the words of Jesus, looking at the life of the apostles and the early church, you start to realize that this isn't about a religious concept of scripture, it's about a a place of receiving information and living that information. But we can say it as this, receiving truth and living out that truth. And so when you start looking at this, this is what I want you to do, is I want you to become that person to where Monday has a different way of, of, of being. It, it's, it's you're a believer, you follow Jesus, you have his word, but you also don't look at the world religiously, but you do have a view that says, I got something better than this. There's something better for me. There, there's something I can engage in or I can live that will take, take me to another level. And, and that's not, you know, going to work and saying, you know, really being used of Jesus is I beat someone over the head with my Bible. That's not at all what this gospel teaches. But it does cheat being at work and having character. Isn't that interesting? I know we don't like to talk about it being Christians. Are you guys hearing me? And so when we start looking at this, we start realizing, okay, how does this become relevant in my life? Well, it's the word and receiving this information to a place where it, it's, it's becoming part of you through the information and acceptance of that information. And then... You, like being born on this earth, you receive information, you live it. It, it. You don't question it, you live it. Questioning comes, you know, when you hit about 13. You know, when you know everything. 
All right, okay, I just check it. Because y'all used to be there. Everybody's looking at each other like, 13, what's 13? Now, 1 Peter 1.13 says this. Gird up the loins. Now, this is New King James, but when it comes down to translation, this is probably going to give you more of a clear picture of the original. Now, I can read a message or a new living, but you're going to miss what I, want to what I want to talk about right now, and that is this. Gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Now, again, this is being, you know, the Greek language speaking to Bible people. So when they hear that, we hear it now, we're like going, gird up the loins of your mind? It's like, what is that, right? Or you guys already know. No, it is. It's like, what are you talking about? The loins of my mind gird up, you know? And so when they heard it, they understood. Now, what we do is, is, is here at Love Life, we love the Word. And your pastor is a student of the Word. So what he likes to do is he likes to get in there and find out what in the world is he talking about? When it says gird, the word gird literally is the picture or, or the, the, the understanding of why that's being said in the context of life. Now, they didn't dress like us. I don't have anything to gird, okay? There's nothing to gird on me, right? Now, if you're maybe, you know, a lady up here in a dress, you might have a girdle or something, but that's not even what we're talking about, okay? But the, this is talking about people that pretty much wore robes, you know, men in dresses, all right? So they would wear these long robe stuff, and what they understood is this, is when you're wanting to work or you're wanting to compete or you're wanting to run, you would have to take your clothes and gird them up. You gird them up, tie them up to you so you wouldn't be hindered or held back in any way. Are you guys hearing me? So now listen, because this is what he's saying to us. He's saying, gird up the loins. Now we've heard loin in the sense of loin belt of truth, right? Loin belt of truth. We understand in scripture that it's talking about the written word of God. In reference to the loins of your mind, it's the same Greek word, and that literally talks about the, the procreative, the place where uh, life comes or seed is planted. Now think about this. It says, gird up the loins of your mind, and it's telling me that my loins, the, the, the Greek word is pas ophas, and that is the procreative power. The procreative power. Now, I would say it's the creative power of life. It's, it's a, a husband and wife and the seed enters into the egg and it creates life. Now, think about this because I, all I said is, gird up the loins of your mind. Peter's telling believers, listen, you want to you get your life in a good, strong place? You've got to do something. How many like to hear, i, I got to do something? And then, and then he's telling us what we do. And he's saying that when you gird something up, you're bringing it close and tying it around you. And here he's saying that 
the, he's using the word loins, which they understood is that's, the, that's that creative place. That's a pra- place that brings life. And God says he spoke. He creates life by speaking. And life becomes. Abraham believed that he became. He called those things that be not as though they were. And so that in itself is what we're looking at because now he's saying this. That in our minds is the ability to create. It's the ability to create. You want to have something better, you better create something better up here. You want to change your life, you've got to create a new life. I've helped many people that have listened to me in this area. I'm telling you right now, I've helped. And when I say listen, I don't mean heard me. I mean Jesus saying ears to hear. In other words, they had a hearing to obey. A hearing to obey. Say it. A hearing to obey. What, what would you uh, put that in as an analogy? That would be more like a parent talking to a child, right? And you hope they're hearing to obey. Isn't that true, parents? Isn't that what you want? Now, in that, I, I, I let them know, and, and people have come to me many times over the years and said, I need help. I need, I need deliverance from this. I need, to, I need to get this out of my life. I need to stop being this way. I need to quit being this way. And so I would let them, I would let them know how to. And it contradicts religious teaching. It contradicts what most people here in churches. And that is, well, pray. Ask God to take it away. And when it comes, say, you'll never do it again. And, 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 and really, really get emotional about it. And, and, and all that is garbage. It will not deliver you. Never. If it did, we'd all be delivered already. God, please take it away. Right? But it doesn't work that way. How do you change? Well, according to Scripture, as your mind thinks... So are you. So what do I have to do? I have to change this to produce a different this. Are you guys hearing? Now, now watch this. Watch. So if you got a problem in this area, you don't talk about this problem. You don't mention the problem. You don't even communicate in a, way, in a sense to the problem because that keeps the problem there. You're, you're keep blowing life into the problem. Well, I don't want to do it, and I'm not this, and I'll never be this, and I won't do this anymore. You're not going to help yourself. Sounds good. Sounds great. But you can't get deliverance. Why? Because your mind's still stuck on that. It's in a, it's in a submissive position of, woe is me, I'm sad, I'm sorry. But you won't get success on that. So what do you do? You do what you should do. You don't talk to the enemy. You don't talk to in the sense of carry conversation. You go to the place of what am I supposed to be and who am I supposed to be? And when you start doing that, in, 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 in reference to the, the, I would say the baby steps of this would be, let's say, for instance, you have a, you have a, a problem with lying. And you've been bragging and crying, God, I don't want to lie no more. I don't want to lie. And then you lie and it's going, oh, I don't want to. I'll stop lying. I'm going to quit lying. And it's something how you just keep doing it. Even though you're repentant, you're in a position of, of sadness, 
it still keeps going. So if you end up lying, the next stage is, is the process of what took you to that place. Well, most lying is based upon just your subconscious of how, you, how you're trained, how you've been living your life. So what we have to do is we have to get to the place of processing who you are. And so if, I, if you lie, if, if I lie, I'm going to say, you know what? Thank God I have a disciplined mind. Thank God I speak truth. And my life is going to be totally surrounded with truth. And as you keep communicating opposite, not talking about lying, and I'll never lie again. No, don't even talk about the lie. That in itself is going to start you on a journey further away from the habit, the problem. But again, it's just a, it's a concept. Because what's going to happen is, is you change the process of thoughts. You change the process of who you are. Because I'm going to tell you right now, whatever it is you're dealing with, you are the biggest, biggest trash talker about your life in that area. I mean, you just beat yourself. You talk, you talk yourself down consistently to where you don't even talk about it anymore because it's a losing battle. So you've almost pretty much gave up. You don't feel good about it, but you just gave up. Well, that, it, see, you can't get deliverance from that until you're on this other side. So here he's saying, listen, the mind is where the seed, that creative thing, starts, and then it enters into the heart. That's that place where faith starts acting. So I want you to understand that. Now, Matthew 13, now we're going to get into the meat of the message. That was like a warm-up. We just had appetizers, chips and salsa, okay? Y'all ready for this? Another parable Jesus put forth to them, saying, he was, he's been talking about the kingdom of heaven. So that means it's something we need to learn how we operate as believers. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sold good seed. Everybody say good seed. The kingdom, kingdom of heaven is like a man who sold good seed in his field. And while the man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Right? You got the picture? So a farmer goes out and sows a bunch of, you know, good corn, and then some bad neighbor, hates him, went and, you know, threw a bunch of weed seed around with it. That's nasty, isn't it? All right. But when the grain had sprouted and produced the crops, so we've got months in advance now, all right? It's all been planted, and now it's what? Read, what we, read what's happening. The grain had sprouted and produced. So we're not talking about it just growing. We're talking about now harvest is there. So this thing is grown and harvest is there. But also, look what it says, and the tares or the weeds also appeared. So you've got this harvest, but these things also appeared. So just in the context of how this is written, it's, it's stating to me that the weeds, I mean, they look like corn, but I guess they weren't. In other words, it's something that, oh, I see the weeds cropping up. The, it's already grown. And then it's like, whoo, look what appeared. Are you guys following me? All right. So the servants of the owner came and said, sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? How come it has weeds? 
you sow good seeds in your field? How come there's weeds then? And he said to them, the enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us to go and pull the weeds up? He said to them, no, because if you pull them up, you might, if you pull up the weeds, you're probably, you might even start pulling up the wheat. You're going to mess the harvest up just by trying to get these weeds out. Okay? Let them both grow together until the harvest. Let them both grow until we start picking them all off right now. And at the time of harvest, I'll say to the reapers, gather together the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So what he's saying is, is he's telling them, listen, I don't need you guys to do anything. I'm going to get some guys to do it. And these guys are going to separate it. They're going to take care of it, separate them, and they're going to bring in my harvest, and they're going to get rid of these, these weeds. verse 24. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like what I just said. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom we operate right now is just like that. Now why is this so important to understand? Because I believe this is an awesome teaching, a reference to handling the unexpected. And there are going to be times when you're doing the right thing, doing exactly what you should be doing, and all of a sudden, there's a bunch of weeds in your life. There's a bunch of problems. You, 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 you had this place of, God, I'm going, to just, I'm going to just do your will, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to commit to you. And, I'm, and all of a sudden, you're doing it and doing it, and you're getting some harvest in that life, and then, bam, something unexpected happens. And that's usually what robs a lot, of, a lot of believers because they automatically go to, oh, my gosh, I guess it doesn't work. Oh, my gosh, I can't, if, I was, if, God, if this was a God thing, it'd be a good thing. You know, all the religious cliches, all the statements of, of, of a lot of churches that talk about you doing good and if bad happens because you did the wrong thing. I'm going to tell you right now, Bible teaches if you're doing good, bad's coming. But the point is, is you do good, you're going to have. Jesus said it this way, and I forgot where it's at. I don't even know if I read it, wrote it down, but he said this. You want to follow me, you've got to be able to let go of your family, your kids, your houses, your wife. You got to be able to let go of all that stuff. All that stuff that you think should be priority number one above anything else. You know, they do God, family, you know, and they want to prioritize. In other words, they say that just because they don't want to have to do God stuff. Say this family stuff. But Jesus said this. Now, don't jump to conclusions. Listen to me. All right? Don't get out there and start getting whack on me. Listen to me. And what he said is, is it, it, listen. I'm speaking to me in the sense of Jesus is going to tell me, hey, get your sons, get your wife, get them out of the way. Don't put them in priority in your life. I mean, I'm like going, what, are you kidding me? They're going to be priority in my life. That's the first response. That's the first thing. You know why? 
Because we believe by hearing something like that, he literally is going to take him away. We can't have him anymore. But what he's trying to get you to understand is, is nothing should be able to have you above him. That's all he's saying. Because I can tell you right now, most people, families, you know they have you before Jesus. You know they do. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm just saying you know that's true. When it comes to what God's saying to do, what God wants you to accomplish, what God's saying in his word, you're just going to say, no, family's first, family's first. And so you push that aside. Now, like I said, I, I know the, the, that dilemma there. But see, I also know where I stand now as what his word says. I get what he's saying. He's saying if they can overcome what my word says, it's going to destroy your life. It's going to destroy your life. It ain't going to help your life. It's going to destroy your life. And I watch people do it all the time. They get in God's way. They get in his word's way. I mean, they literally interfere with God's ability to work in their lives. Why? Because soul, emotionalism. Emotionalism. I see people make a stand, and then something else happens, and they're like, succumb to whatever it is that's happening. I see it all the time. But see, Jesus was letting us know that when it comes down to life, he said this. When you're able to put this thing secondary in your own life with me, he then says this. You'll have bountiful homes, bountiful families, bountiful marriages, bountiful children. You'll have the best, and he said, a hundred times. You'll have a hundred wives. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> going back to, we're going back to Solomon's days. But <laughs> that's, that's crazy, huh? But, 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 he, but what he was saying is this. He's saying, you don't know what family's like. You don't know what, man, you don't know what any of the things, any of that's like when I am number one in your life. And that's the issue. That's a hard thing we have. It's, it's a difficult place because he starts off with, you got to be able to let them go. If, they, if you can't get there, then you're not going to have the best of the best. Most people fail. I want us to win, to have the best of the best, amen? Because this is what we should have. Now, in this position of the unexpected, and we're talking about, okay, He's saying seed, planting seed, expecting harvest. Now, think about the beginning. In the very beginning, Genesis chapter 2, God says this. It actually says this. God planted a garden. Can you imagine that? Sometimes when I'm out there working in our garden, I think about that scripture. God planting a garden. What did that look like? You know, what I just... I mean, I go wild with some things. I go into la-la land, crazy land. But I'm just thinking about God in, in what he is doing and how he's operating. It's just, he's just in love with what's happening. I mean, for him to create, he goes, man, it is good. It is good. And so he's doing all these things. And then a few, few uh, scriptures later, he says this. And he put man in the garden to take care of it, to tend it. The, the Hebrew word is shamar. Have you ever heard that word, shamar? Men, have you heard that word before? Well, we understand what the Hebrew word is, shamar. And when he said, 
I put you, Adam, in the garden so that you can shamar it. So what does that mean? It means that you have a responsibility. And that responsibility is not only to keep it, take care of it, but to protect it. Isn't that interesting that that's the word he used? Because we haven't entered Eve and the devil yet. But one thing God told them, you need to guard this thing. You need to protect it. You need to watch over it. It's actually a, a, a word used for, you need to be obedient in understanding about the importance of this thing. That's Shamar. Isn't that interesting? And so here we have God giving Adam responsibility. Now think about what a garden in his day was like. You don't have no watering in the sense of rain. The, it, the mist came from the ground. So the watering was just this perfect misting of all the plants, vegetables, fruit tree, everything. Just the misting. There ain't no weeds. There ain't no thorns. There's no poison ivy. There ain't, no, there isn't. There, it's perfect. Everything in there except one nasty tree. But everything else is perfect. There wasn't anything different. The ground is perfect. I mean, everything. There's no, you know, massive rocks and boulders you got to move out of the way and clean out all the weeds. Perfect. Perfect. But then came the fall. Welcome to our lives. The curse came. The curse came. And Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife. Okay, this is going to be teaching on marriage right now. It's the Hebrew word shama, which means you listened in a submissive obedience position. Because you submitted and obeyed your wife in something you knew that was against my word. Do I have any Adams in here? No, you don't need to answer that. I already know your wife owns you, so let's move on. <laughs> I mean, this is what the word says. Not what that, but the word says about Adam. He said, you, you, didn't, you didn't stand in your rightful position of what? Being Lord over Eve? No. What is the rightful position? He knew the word. He didn't guard or protect it. He didn't keep it. He didn't, he didn't put in an obedience of that word. He put the word to the back and said, woman, you're number one in my life. You're first. And what happened? Welcome to our lives, right? Welcome to our lives. So what took place? Watch this. Are you ready? And because of this, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful work, you're going to eat all the days of your life. It ain't going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It will produce thorns and thistles. There's going to be nasty stuff coming out. You planted this and all this nasty stuff's in there too. 
So now you're going to get, your, your hands are going to get pricked. You're going to bleed a little bit. Anybody ever take care of any, you know, grapefruit trees or lemon trees at your house? We come to find out the cursed life right here. And it was, a, it was terrible, terrible. But the thing is, is this is what the curse brought upon us. And what I want you to understand is, is in Jesus' communication to his disciples, to us, he said, listen, I'm going to bless you. You put me first. I'm going to bless you. You don't let these other things dictate to your life, but you put me first. I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to bless your kids, but with persecution. That sucks, doesn't it? So what do we do? Well, we major on persecution. Instead of majoring what I think we should be majoring on, the harvest. He said a hundred times. He said, I'll give you mega harvest. You're going to have what? Persecute. What does that mean? You're going to have pressures. There's a cursed world. You're going to have some thorns you're going to have to get through. There are things that are not going to just roll over and play dead. You're going to go in for that business proposition. You're going to go in for that job. You're going to go into that, that marriage. You're going to go into issues that you're saying, I'm believing God to bless this place. I'm believing God to do a big thing. But all of a sudden, a thorn. All of a sudden, a pressure. All of a sudden, a, a, an attack. Something unexpected happens. But see, if I don't know the word of God, I'm going to fold and cry. Oh, my God, why me? Why me? I'm serving you, Jesus. I never prayed that way, but anyway. I mean, are you hearing me? I put you first. I gave. How come all of a sudden I don't have any money? I mean, you sit there and all of a sudden you go straight to the, it's over. You go straight to the place of, this is terrible. It doesn't work. You just got saved last week. What are you talking about? <laughs> come on. Is that ridiculous? But is this, we go through this stuff and we, we stop looking at what we should be looking at. We allow the pressure, we allow the, the unexpected to say, it, you're bigger than Jesus. All right, how about this one? This is a good one. Mark chapter 4 talks about this story where Jesus tells the disciples, we need to go to the other side. Get in the boat, get in the ship, and we're going to go to the other side of the sea. We're going to the other side. This is the words of Jesus. And they all get in the ship. And then the unexpected comes. The Bible says, now think about this. It even said little other ships with them went to go to the other side. Everybody and their brother knows about the sea. They know about weather. They live there. Right? I mean, we know when, when monsoons are coming. You go out and go, oh, it's going to get dusty in a minute. Look at that, right? I mean, this is what we, we know this. We know what's going on. But this says something very interesting, but it says as they were on the sea, a great tempest arose. In other words, this mega storm, which great is the word we get, mega from megas. And it literally said, this mega storm came out of nowhere. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? 
Jesus told the disciples, we're going to the other side, and the unexpected happened. Why do you say that? Because if they saw the storm coming, they would have said, Jesus, let's hold off a day. Do you see what we see, right? It's coming. But it didn't work that way, did it? No, it said, suddenly, a great storm. Anybody have a great storm happen suddenly in your life? Oh, yeah. They're not fun, are they? Now, what did Jesus end up doing? He ended up telling them, listen, guys, your faith ain't working correctly. He said, you, you've got to get this faith to the right action. You've got to get the faith to the right action. But what does he do? That's all he does. He gets them to the position of, speaks a word. They go through the problem of not obeying or hearing the word. And they get in a mess. Then he talks to them and says, you can't go this way. But what happens ultimately? They get to the other side. The other side. Isn't that what you want? The other side? Well, we're not living in the Garden of Eden days. We're living in a cursed world where things come and happen unexpectedly. What the heck? What is, going, what is this? A Christian cuss word, by the way. That's a whole different teaching. <laughs> Do you guys, are you guys seeing this? It just, it's just like, bam. That's what life's about. Why is this important? Because if you're living a fantasy Christian life, you're living this life that's filled with religion and lack of understanding, it's going to pop your little religious bubble. It's going to pop your little relationship with Jesus bubble. I want you to be able to go through life and get pricked and go, it don't matter. I serve Jesus. Trip up. Scrape your knee. I don't care. I serve Jesus. You're going to get the bumps and the bruises, but ultimately, what do you need to see? The harvest comes. The harvest comes. The, the blessing comes, and the blessing's bigger than the unexpected problem. Are you guys listening to me? God said, this is the law, seed time and harvest will never end. As long as the earth is here, seed time and harvest is a law. He's not talking to Christians. He's not talking to the religious. He's talking to every person after Noah's beautiful time on the ocean to cover the world. And he tells them, seed time and harvest will remain forever. It's going to stay here. So what was he saying? He's saying, this is a priority. You need to understand this principle. You need to understand the principle. He, and in, in the, in the new, new Covenant, New Testament, we see teaching tied to this. So we have to understand it. So this is so important just in the place of our help and understanding how to handle the unexpected. Amen? So the curse brought the resistance, right? The curse, he said, because of this, the curse is now on this earth. There's resistance. Are you hearing me? Listen, pay attention. Because this, we live now in this day and age, after the fall. So this will help you in the dilemma 
Why does a good God do bad things to people? He doesn't. It's a cursed world. He's a good God, a loving God. Then why doesn't he? Because you don't know the Bible. And there's no purpose talking to someone like you. You just want to argue. You just want to fight. You just want to, you know, trash talk. You don't want to learn the truth. Are you guys hearing me? All right. So we have to recognize that when it comes to our seed planting, it's going to require some work. It's going to require cultivation. So we understand the blessing is greater than the pressure, right? Let's look at uh, Matthew 13, 26 again. Matthew 13, 26. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the weeds appeared. Sir, did you not sow good seed? How then does it have weeds? Surprise, surprise, surprise. Didn't, didn't you sow good seed? I mean, how dumb is this? Didn't you sow good seeds? How come there's weeds? What's up with you? Don't you know how to sow? I mean, this is how, this is how religion operates. This is how people, ignorant people operate. Of course I sow good seed. What do you think? I went to, the, went to Home Depot and said, can you give me seed with weeds? Anybody? I, I went to watermelon seed, but does it have weeds in it? I, when, I, when you go to the grass, I, when we do grass, I look at the big old grass bag, and on the grass bag, I look at, all right, where's there? Okay, this will have this amount of weed in it. It does. It does say that. And it gives you the low, low, low percentage. But it doesn't say weed-free. It doesn't. See, you haven't planted grass. You need to plant some grass. Find out these truths. But they, they, it's, they, they can't guarantee. There's, a, there's one little seed in there that's going to be a weed. Somehow I think they're like making sure on my bag to throw a ton of them in there. All right. So anyway, we see here that no matter what, when you're doing your best, when you're doing what you know is the right thing to do, surprise, 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 the enemy is going to come and try to rob you. Because then he say the enemy came and planted when he was sleeping. See, the enemy wants to sow some weed in your life. A lot of times you're sleeping. Now, that's a metaphor. That's not you going to bed and waking up and all of a sudden hell breaks loose. It's because you've been, you know, some seeds have been getting in. And those seeds are going to, seeds do what seeds do. They get into ground, and they're going to find out, am I going to grow? Who determines the dirt? We do, right? See, this is love life. You guys answered that pretty quick. That made me happy. Usually I'm like going, where the heck am I? Isn't this true, though? You produce the dirt. Well, I, listen, this is one of the teachings that, most believers or Christians don't want to hear. They don't want to hear this. Then I can't blame someone. Then I can't, I can't point fingers. It's because of them. No, it's you determine your dirt. You're either going to be good ground or you're going to have some messed up ground. And that's what the, the instruction of, uh, of Mark chapter 4 talks about when it talks about the sower sows the word. And again, seed to create, right? What is seed for? To create. What is seed for? What is seed for? To create. That's all it's for. What is the word of God for? 
<laughs> two people. I said the sower sows the word, and y'all going, what, uh, Reader's Digest? What are you talking about? Come on, people. Is there still Reader's Digest? First thing came into my head. All right. So here he, here he says that when the seed is being sown, the enemy is going to come in. in. In Mark, it talks about four grounds, right? And the fourth being good ground. But he talks about three other grounds, right? The hard ground, the stony ground, and then the weedy ground, right? Isn't that true? Now think about this because it's all about seed being planted in ground. But what is the problem with the first one? Hard ground. And what does it say? Satan immediately. Everybody say immediately. He immediately comes and steals. All right, so... That, is, is that not an unexpected attack? And then what's the second one? Hard ground. And it says, and he's sown in stony ground. And then, and then the roots weren't able to grow. The, the roots weren't able to go deep. And then it affected the harvest. It affected the growth. Then we have the third one where it says, and it grew and affected the harvest. It grew. What we're looking at is, is we're looking at short period of time, medium period of time, and a longer period of time. If you look at the scriptures, I didn't, I, I didn't get into it because I'm just trying to, you know, do a quick instruction on this, this little picture we have of the enemy. What I read is this. The enemy has time. He doesn't have to do it right now. He can wait. He, he'll wait if he has to. And that's what we see on those three grounds. Because ultimately, what is this teaching? It's teaching you plant seed, it should grow and multiply. That's it. That's the whole purpose of the teaching. You plant seed, it should grow and multiply. You guys got that? You plant seed, it should grow and multiply. Then the effect of all this is the ground. Hard ground, stony ground, and then ground with weeds. Isn't that interesting? But what is the expectation? Planted, grow. Harvest. Planted, grow. Harvest. What's the will of God? Planted, grow, harvest. What's God's desire? Planted, grow, harvest. What does the blessing look like? Planted, grow, harvest. What is God's will? Planted, grow, harvest. But what also can happen? These grounds, the enemy. So we need to understand that because what's happening is, is we're going through life and we're getting the persecution, we're getting the pressure, we're getting the attack, and we're not, we don't know how to deal with it. God, how come? Why? I go to church, I read, I pray, why me? But those are the wrong questions. Why? Because there shouldn't be a question. There's only a question when you don't know. Get the knowledge, you don't have to have a question. 
you want to get out and try some stuff, then it's going to be harder for you to get free. The best thing to do is stay disciplined in life. The things that are going to make you healthy, things that are going to make you do, uh, uh, live longer. They, I mean, just better life for all of us. Amen? Are you guys hearing me? All right. So when we have this, this life that we're living, we're going to have the blessing, and we're going to have the curse trying to affect the blessing, the harvest, and then the pressure against the harvest. I mean, that's so... It's like a paradox, you know, good and bad living together. And you're like going, ah! But this is the earth we live in. Jesus came to give us the new kingdom principles, but sometimes we keep our foot in the other one. And now it's time to drag that foot in his kingdom and have victory over when the unexpected happened, and let's win. Are you guys got this? Amen. I like what it says in verse 13, chapter 13, 20. It says, he said to them, the enemy has done this. What did the enemy do? It sowed weeds, right? <laughs> this is what is like, ah! Because what I see is God sows, we sow, and now the devil is? Now i got to concern myself about farmer Satan. Is that, that's what really, you're like going, are you kidding me? But hey, that's what I'm saying, that you don't think, God isn't talking to Adam going, with a smile on his face and joy and giggling, <laughs> your life's going to suck now. You've just made a curse, a curse you're going to live in. <laughs> no way. There's no way in the world. This is, this is breaking his heart. Because what has happened? All that he's telling Adam is because of Satan. And the life and the authority and the position of the devil. Only that. And when you start looking at that correctly, you don't look at sickness and disease other than it's not from God. It's from the devil. It's from the curse. If something tries to get on me, I don't sit there and go, oh, the devil. I don't talk that way. I understand that this world has all kinds of stuff happening. All kinds of nasty things happening. Devil, no devil, it's not for me. And when something attaches itself to you, it's the knowledge that you have, the truth of this word, to be able to stand back going, it does not belong to me. Are you guys listening? It does not belong to me. It does not belong to me. It's a battle. Sometimes you have to say it when you're in pain. Sometimes you have to say it when your nose is running, when you're coughing. But you know what? It's better to say, it don't belong to me. And I'm the healed of the Lord, and I walk in health, and it's a covenant that belongs to me, rather than going the opposite area. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, we know the enemy seeds. We know Jesus seeds. And the whole thing of the enemy is trying to stop us from receiving the blessing. Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a person sows, they will also reap. Are you guys hearing that? That is the law of cause and effect. Sowing, reaping law, it is God's law on this planet. It's not a Christian law. Are you guys hearing? It's not. It's a law. So, Let's take the negative part of it or the part of where we only see it as bad and let's start looking at the good part about it. 
where we're realizing, listen, I sow good. I'm going to reap good. I'm going to sow, I'm going to sow prosperity. I'm going to reap prosperity. I'm going to sow health. I'm going to reap health. I'm going to sow, sow. I start sowing. I'm going to reap it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that, before we do our golf clapping. No, we, let's operate in the knowledge and wisdom of God in his word, right? But see, I have understanding now. So what does that mean? Well, as I do, I'm going to get a harvest, but it might have some challenge to it. It might have some pressure to it. There might be thorns in there. There might be some, you know, little snakes in there. I got that. I understand it now. So I'm not living in bubble, bubble land, fantasy land. I'm not living in the land where I'm going, oh, praise Jesus, I give, and everything's good and perfect. Now I know that my harvest comes, and there is going to be some persecution. There might be some nasty stuff coming with it, but I receive the blessing. I get to the other side. I'm going to get to the other side because my eyes stay on the word, Jesus. What does the word say? The seed was created to plant, grow, and harvest. Seed is created to plant, grow, and harvest. Your word of health is plant, grow, and harvest. Your word of overcoming is plant, grow, and harvest. But there's also the persecution. You stand up, you're strong. You're standing up going, I am a winner. And all of a sudden, you get knocked down, you lost that battle, and all of a sudden, you're going, I'm a loser. No, no, and double no. You don't. Why? Because we know the word. And we know that Jesus said hundredfold with persecution. You're going to start driving around that new car, and other Christians going, what did you do, steal it? You ain't tithing no more. Come on. Let us not grow weary while doing good. This is verse 9, Galatians 6, 7. It says, sowing and reaping. And then it goes into verse 9. It says this. Don't grow weary while doing good. What is doing good talking about? Hello? What I've been talking about this whole time. Yeah, but what starts the beginning? Sowing. Good job, everybody. Sowing. That's what we're talking about, right? Sowing. Okay, so what is doing good? Sowing. Doing good is, in, in the context of the Greek language, it has to do with the concept of knowing that what you're doing is going to be beneficial for you or those around you. It's a beneficial thing. So you're benefiting people. You're benefiting life. Don't grow weary in benefiting life. Benefiting life through what? It can be all kinds. It could be the scripture. It's what are you dealing with today? What challenges? What, what word are you getting to stand on? What, what is it that, the thing that you're getting pressure from? And you're getting information now to help you to eliminate, alleviate that pressure in the knowledge you have. Listen, this is what I do know of Scripture. That the God in me is greater than anything that's out there in the world. Greater is he that is in me than the enemy. And anything has to do with the enemy in the world. I do also understand that when I'm living in the information knowledge of that word, 
I will be pressured, but not crushed. According to his word, I will have pressure, but I won't be crushed. So what's the big deal? If the enemy can't crush me, then the pressure understood is whatever. It's whatever. Oh, yeah, I'm prospering and, I, and, and this. Oh, yeah, I'm healthy in this, but I know what this means. I've got my harvest. I won't be crushed in this. I got the victory. The blessing is bigger than the persecution. Y'all got that? These are the things I want you to pay attention to. We need to look at what we sow. Check what you're speaking. Check what you're sowing in life. You're sowing good, then that's fine. But if you notice that it's some bad stuff, change. Change the seed. Are you guys listening? It, what is it that you're dealing with? Change the seed. We're, we're having turmoil in the marriage. We're turmoil in the home. We're, I guarantee you, there's some bad seed being sown. Change your packet of seed. Yeah, but it's them. No. No, don't go that way because God will never go that way. Change your seed packet. Change your seed packet. So you got to look, take a look, take a look, and make sure you're sowing the good stuff, amen? Not the bad stuff. Next, understand that God will help you. Did he not say, I will send the reapers? They'll pick the heart, they're going to take care of this, and they're going to bring in the harvest and get rid of the bad. He, this ain't all about all us and only us alone. God's going to help us. He's going to help us. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Did he not say the, the owner, the, the farmer said this? You guys don't worry about it. I'm going to send in the reapers. I'm going to send in the angels. I'm going to send in the horde. And they're going to take care of this situation. Woo! Pretty powerful. Amen. Next thing to understand is your harvest will come. He said what? Gather the wheat into my barn. From seed to harvest. From seed to harvest. He said gather the wheat into my barn. There's the harvest, amen. Your harvest will come. Again, what did Galatians 6, 9 say? It said, don't get weary. There's, there's some challenges. You've got, you know, hey, it's a, it, it's, it's, there hasn't been much rain lately, you know, and this has been happening. There's been some weeds I've had to pick. Okay, so God never promised you a weed-free garden. But the point of the matter is, is we're not going to get weary in doing good. Amen? <laughs> Father, we thank you for the word. You're an awesome God. We love you so much. And, and we're, we're hearing. We're hearing your word. I mean, there's so much information that can lead people astray, but your word brings us right back to home. Brings us to a place where it's relevant. It's important for us. It's life. And so, Father, I thank you that we have an understanding that when the unexpected happens, we're not folding. We're not going to whine. We're not going to cry. We're not going to throw fits. We're not going to blame you or blame. We're going to realize that our harvest is coming. 
We're going to win. Just as the disciples were told by Jesus, when a storm, great storm arose, he said, man, you should have focused in my word. I told you we're going the other side. Well, there are times when all we see is a storm. It's time to turn our eyes to Jesus and remember his words. You're going to get to the other side. Father, that's our expectation. That's what we believe. And we're going to receive the harvest. That's your will for our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Love you guys. Have an awesome day today. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.